please turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Jesus uh, uh, gives these parables, and then he goes into multiple parables, and then later on he explains it. So we're actually going to be in two portions of, of, of Scripture. And, uh, but this morning we're looking at the, uh, the, the parable of the wheat, of, of the tares among wheat, the tares among wheat. So Matthew chapter 13, um, Matthew chapter 13, let's read verses 24 through 30, and then we'll get into our Bible study. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Father, thank you for your word. As we study it this morning, Lord, open our hearts to the parable that you're given to us this morning. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. So first thought, you know, here we're, last week we started, we're continuing today, maybe one or two more Sundays, we're looking at Jesus' parables. And what is a parable? A parable is a spiritual or moral truth taught by using a physical example. Uh, as one theologian said, they are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. They're meant to help us understand what the kingdom of God is like and what the kingdom of heaven is like. In the New Testament, you have two kingdoms that Jesus refers to. You have the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Paul says in the book of Romans that the kingdom of God, he spells it out, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We can experience God's kingdom today, here and now, in our hearts through his righteousness, peace, and joy living on the inside of us. But then you also have what is called the kingdom of heaven. And when the scripture talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's talking about future events. It's talking about eschatology. It's talking about things that are to come. So here in this parable, he's talking about things that are here to come in the parable of the tares among weeds. In this parable, we're going to learn three things this morning. One, we're going to see that God sees the world in two categories. You and I, we divide people up by politics, by ethnicity, by skin color, by where they live. But that is not how God divides the world up. He divides the world up into two categories of people. The saved and the unsaved. Either you're walking in light or you're walking in darkness. That is the way God sees us. We are one race, the human race. And God sees us as in two different categories. The second thing we're going to see this morning is judgment day is coming. There is coming a day where God is going to judge the world in righteousness. Okay? It's a set date. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour. It could happen in our lifetime. It may happen later on. But it is a day that will come to this world. And third, we're going to see in the uh, parable 
in this parable of the tares among wheats, or some of yours says tares and wheat, is we're going to see that heaven and hell is a real place. Heaven, is a, heaven and hell is a real place that Jesus talked about, the apostle talked about, and all of scripture testifies to that is real. So with that said, let's dive into the parable of the tares among the wheat. Let's pick it up at chapter 13, verse 24 in your Bibles. It says, Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. So right here from the very beginning, let's, let's, let's carefully walk through this so we understand it. We have a picture here of a farmer, a farmer who goes out, prepares his field, and plants his crops. And we know the crops are, we're going to see later on in the text, they are his wheat, okay? Verse 25, verse 25 he says, But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and they went away. So, after the farmer sows his good seed in the field, under the cover of dark, the enemy comes in and sows tares. Now, what are tares? Tares in the ancient agricultural world were called the bearded darnel grass. It is a rye grass that grows alongside the wheat that in the early stages, it looks just like wheat. Okay? But here's the difference. The wheat, we all love wheat. You like your bread, you like your carbs. Who doesn't like carbs, right? It's good for us. We love eating wheat. We love, we love wheat. But the tares contain a poisonous seed inside them. They are deadly. And, and, and science is going to show, history is going to show that the tares, the poisonous seeds in the tares can cause blindness and sickness. Okay, and what happens is, is with the tares being planted in, in the field of wheat, the tares attempt to take over the wheat. And when they take over the wheat, they corrupt the harvest. Nobody wants tares. Nobody wants to go blind. Nobody wants to get sick. So it ruins the whole entire harvest. Verse 26. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain... Then the tares became evident also. So here in verse 26, we see that the, the, the tares and the wheat, they look just alike in the early stages. You can't tell the difference until they're fully grown. And it's not until they're fully grown that you can tell the difference between the two based on the seedlings and, and the way it sprouts up at the very end. Then you can tell the difference between the wheats and the tares. Okay? So this is a parable. He, he's, remember now, he, he's speaking in an in a earthly language, but later on we're going to see the spiritual meaning and the application for our life. Verse 27, The slaves and the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? So here we have the servant who's, who's caring for his master's crops. He, he sees the tares, he sees them budding, and he offers to remove them. But look at what Jesus says in verse 29. But he said, no, for while you are gathering up the tares, 
You may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. So we, we have two things taking place here. Uh, the burning up of the tares and the wheat going into the barns. At the end of the harvest, the master has the servants remove the tares and place them on the burn pile, as Jesus says here in the parable. And his good wheat is placed into the barn. Okay, So in summary, the, 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 this parable here is a picture of a landowner sowing the, a good crop of wheat, but the enemy comes in at night and plants tares. Servants come and offer to remove the tares, but the owner says, no, wait for the, reaper, wait for the reapers to take care of it at the end of the season. Now, just a cursory read, a uh, casual read of this text, it produces a lot more questions than it gives us answers to. There's lots of questions here. And you know what? If we didn't have the explanation, which I'll get to in a minute, you could explain this in any way you wanted to because of all the questions. For example, who is the sower? Who are the tares? Who are the wheat? Who are the harvest? Who are the bundles being, what are the bundles being burned up? What is this a picture of? What, what is the spiritual meaning behind this parable? Thankfully, the Lord Jesus has explained this parable to us down at verse 36. Okay, so that's the parable. And Jesus is going to explain the parable starting down at verse 36. We skipped two parables. We'll come back to those two parables next week because I just want to focus on the parable of the tares and the wheat. But skip down to verse 36. In, ver in verses 36 through 43, we have a total of eight verses, okay? Two verses explain the wheat. Six verses explain the tares. So we see the emphasis of the text. God is emphasizing in his, in his word, Jesus' explanation, is, is the special emphasis is placed on explaining the tares. So let's look at verse 36. Chapter 13, verse 36. It says, Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the, the parable of the tares of the field. I find this interesting here in verse 36. Because they didn't, they didn't ask Jesus to explain the parable of the mustard seed. They didn't ask Jesus to explain the parable of the leaven, which those are the two parables in verses 31 through 35. They said, explain to us the parable of the tares. What is it? What is it that caught their attention? What is it that grabbed their attention and made them come back to Jesus and say, hey, can, can, you, can you explain that to us? What made them ask about the tares? Go back and look at verse 30. The second half of verse 30, Jesus makes, these, makes this statement in the second half of verse 30. Jesus says, First, gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. I believe what, got, what grabbed their attention in this text is they understood that Jesus was talking about a future judgment. You know, and, and, and when you start talking about judgment and judgment day, it grabs people's attention. It makes the hair on the back of their neck stand up. 
when they think, whoa, that I'm going to be held accountable one day for my decisions and for the life I choose to live and the things I do, that we're going to be held accountable. Man doesn't like to be held accountable. You don't like to be held accountable. I don't like to be held accountable. But the truth of the matter is that God is going to hold each and every single person accountable for the decisions they make and the way they live their life. We need to think soberly. We need to think clearly. We need to think biblically. But what grabbed their attention, going back to verse 36, they make this statement, explain to us the parable of the tares. What's up with that? The reason they asked that is because he grabbed their attention with talking about a day that God will hold all men accountable. They want to know more about that. The other ones are about the gospel spreading and the kingdom of God advancing. And we all like that. But the judgment on the other hand is like, whoa, let me, let me, let me, let me get a little more clarification on that, Lord Jesus. Let me know what you're saying. Let's continue. Verse 37. And he said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Now, last week, we looked at the parable of the sower. And the one who sows in the parable of the sower was the Christian, was the teacher, was the minister who sows the word, who shares the gospel. This week, Jesus changes it up in verse 37. He says it right there in verse 37. The one who sows in this parable, the good seed, is the son of man. So the sower in this parable is Jesus himself. Jesus refers to himself 80 times in the synoptic gospels as the son of man. This title, son of man, it emphasizes Jesus' humanity, that he took on flesh, that, that, that he became a man. And in the context of the parable, Jesus is the owner of the field, okay? He's the owner of the field. He is the one in charge, and he is the one that has gone out and, and sowed the seed. How does he sow the seed? Through you and I sharing the gospel, through having Bible studies, through being a witness for Christ. He sows his seed through us, okay? Um, he sows the seed of the word through us. Now, <coughs> he's, last week, the parable of the sower, he sows the seed. Now, in this parable, the, the, the seed is not the word, as we're going to see when we get into verse 38. Look at verse 38. It says, In the field is the world, and as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. Just a little note here. So many people use this passage to teach about true and false converts within the church. That's not the case. Look at it. Look at the beginning of verse 38. This is not the church. Jesus makes it clear here that the field is the world, not the church. And it says, in the field is the world. Okay? So he's talking about Christians living in the world. Okay? And then he says, second half of verse, middle of verse 38 and as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. We saw in the parable of the sower last week, the seed was what? The word. The seed was the word. But here in this parable, Jesus explains the seed as believers. We are the seed. Those who have been born again and are followers of Jesus. Jesus calls those who bow their knee to him. He calls them good seed. Jesus calls those who turn from their sin good seed. Jesus calls those who open their heart to Jesus, 
who open their heart and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Transform me and change me. He calls them good seed in this parable. You know, have you bowed your knee to Jesus? Well, friend, you're a good seed. Have you, have you turned from the old life of sin? Jesus calls you a good seed. Have you opened your heart and your life to Christ and say, Lord, come into my life, rule and reign in my heart? If you've done that, then you're a good seed. Okay? That's the seed that's within us that, 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 that makes us a good seed. It's not that we're good in and of ourselves, because Romans chapter 3 says we're wretched and sinful and fallen. But God comes into our life and he saves us. He redeems us. And according to this parable, he calls us um, a good seed. Okay? And then the end of verse 38, we, we cut this one three pieces. At the end of verse 38, explaining the pieces. Remember the questions we had. And he says right there, And the tares are the sons of the evil one. Okay? So who's he talking about here? He's talking about unbelievers. He's talking about unbelievers. And when it says that tares are sons of the evil one, he's saying that Satan is the dominating influence in their life. Satan has blinded their eyes to God's truth. And it says in the, the opening of verse 39, and the 